Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On today's episode, we discuss the difference between playing eight hours of video games per day and working. We'll take on a terrible Star Wars analogy, learn about why celebrating a wedding anniversary is offensive, and we'll learn about why Elon Musk moving his Starlink satellites at the request of the Vice Prime Minister of Ukraine isn't actually helpful. This is Cringe Posts. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Cringe Post podcast. This is the podcast where we gather the cringiest political and cultural takes uh, that you see in your feed and we see in our feed every week. And we break down where they went wrong, question the underlying assumptions, and, and have a good laugh along the way. Um, and of course, before we pick fun at anyone else, we, we usually like to poke fun at ourselves and uh, because everyone hopefully outgrows cringe and, and everyone has cringe in their past. Um, but before we get started, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. It really helps us grow um, and get our message of anti-cringe out into the world. And uh, for those of you that are uh, listening via audio format on you know Apple or Spotify, um, if you're interested in actually seeing some of these posts or memes that we show, um, you can go to cringepost.com uh, and we have a visual show companion guide there that you can, you can tag along with us on. So like I said, before we uh, poke fun at other people, we like to poke fun at ourselves. And uh, we've got... Um, I shouldn't out this person that is commenting to you, right? Okay, Correct, I won't. I yeah. won't do that. So, they so shall Donald, remain anonymous. <laughs> so Donald had there's a there's a Facebook dialogue on on Donnie's uh, uh, Facebook profile in 2012, and this person writes, "Rick Santorum smashing tonight? I think so." Smiley face. This is a person commenting on on Donald's timeline, and then uh, Donnie replied, "It's really too bad he won't actually get any delegates for it." I think Santorum, if not selected as nominee, which hopes are slim for, I'm afraid, ought to stay active until a 2016 election. And then this person replies, oh, he better. We need him this year. We can't wait four more years. Yes, yes, Santorum definitely would have done really great in the 2016 (laughs) 2016 primaries. Can you imagine a more boring addition to this 2016 lineup? (laughs) Here's the thing. I remember you telling me you thought Scott Walker would get the nomination in uh, in 2016. Yeah, Yeah. well, and and to be perfectly honest, uh, Trump kind of threw everything off balance. If you've taken Trump out and if Scott Walker had been a little bit more prepared as a candidate i still think that was not too far off and the reason being the Koch brothers really were funding his campaign he wasn't super direct on a lot of things he was just generally very conservative and i don't know i think i think he still would have had had enough of sort of enough conservative bona fides without being too pigeonholed in one camp or the other that being said trump obviously threw everything off and of course 
Uh, Rick Santorum would have been an absolute nobody in that field. I think he got substantially worse in rhetoric, even alone since then. And as we were remarking before recording, the idea of Rick Santorum smashing, you know, like what, what, what did he <laughs> do? What, what on earth would he have done that would, you know, was worthwhile oh. at all? I, I don't remember any moments or any, anything noteworthy he did. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, kind of that whole like class of Republicans, like the 2008 to 2012, you know, like you got Santorum, Huckabee, you got that Mark Sanford guy that went hiking the Appalachian trail, you know, and, and Rick Perry, they're just like, there's, there's, they're like, they are guys that would have gotten the primary, like gotten the nod uh, anytime before, but just because of the way the culture changed, like their stupidity and ignorance and like, like just wanting so badly to be liked and willing to say anything for that, like came out so clearly, especially looking back now, right? When you actually see someone who's kind of a populist or wants to appeal to the people and not be an elitist, um, like the, the contrast is so clear. And yeah, my, my favorite cringe version of Donnie is the, the Rick Santorum loving Donnie. <laughs> it's F- followed, it's, followed by the cop loving Donnie. So. Yeah, right, right. Of course. It's, yeah. it's really painful to think not only that I loved Santorum, but that in direct contrast in on the same stage as him, Ron Paul was there. And I actively yes. chose Santorum over Ron Paul. The only one that would have been worse is uh, Giuliani. If you'd like Giuliani yeah, right. more. Yeah. Right. Well, well, I would say there was also Gary Johnson. He was very compelling. He was on the debate stage for one of them, I think. <laughs> Did people forget that, that Gary Johnson ran as a Republican at the very start of 2012 and was on the debate stage with all of them. Yeah, and Ron I didn't Paul know was that. just the better libertarian. Ron Paul was just oh the better gosh. communicator. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yep. Gary Johnson. All right. We've got um, a, a Reddit post here, and it's in it's in the subreddit Shower Thoughts. And uh, this person posts, if you play eight hours of video games per day, you are considered addicted, but working eight hours per day is completely normal. It, this shit almost belongs in the, uh, the anti-work subreddit. I don't... <laughs> the Shower Thoughts. It's like... It's like, yeah, are, are you addicted to living? You know, are you addicted to not starving? Because that sounds just like, you know, making sure you, you survive. Like, it takes a certain amount of resources per day uh, to make sure that you survive. And the beauty about all of this, right, is that uh, you're not responsible for making sure you have water and food and all this stuff. You're responsible for one little segment, right? If you're working eight hours a day and maybe you're just entering data into an Excel sheet, that's your contribution, and all the human race contributes together, and because everyone contributes together, you have only got to work eight hours a day as opposed to 18. Yeah, that's exactly right. This, you can take any two activities and any two patterns of thought and, and sort of combine them. And in this the kid's case, this guy just sort of takes two abstract concepts of playing video games I do for, you know, on my day off I do for eight hours, and on Monday through Friday, I work for eight hours. Same things, but they're so different. And it's like, just because you have the same number applied doesn't connect to the concepts in any meaningful way. Yeah, you can yeah. you can spend eight hours on anything and that can be absurd or it can be ridiculous. In the same way that it's like, you you work eight hours a day and you also sleep eight hours a day. 
I'm so profound and deep. It's like, that, that doesn't mean anything just because it's the same amount of times uh, in the hour allocation or whatnot. But it's so funny because this is just classic Reddit brain, terminally online. I can't think of concepts outside of the way that society has constructed me to think about them. I think about things in a spoon-fed manner. I think about work as, well, I'm only obligated to work eight hours a day because that is the law. And you're like, think about the concept of work and the concept of video games. The concept of video games is entertainment. It's relaxation. It's non-productive activity that only serves for your own personal enjoyment. Work serves to benefit, to create, to cause some sort of general output, net gain into the world, which of course you needed to do more than eight hours when we survived. Like, Anyway, it just it makes me mad. This is the kind of person who buys into the social contract. Well, you just have to be a good citizen because that's what the social contract says. And they haven't thought for one second, did I ever consent to the social contract? How can you have a contract that people don't consent to? How do you who who decides who gets to set up this contract, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And how do you exit just, it? <laughs> right, exactly. It's just just the idea of eight hours a day is what government tells me is the working normal. And I want to play video games for eight hours a day, but some reason that seems bad. It's just, it's just Reddit brain. That's that's all I can. <laughs> say. Reddit brain. I like that. The the um the the last thing I have on this one. The I I don't know if this is the technical. Like I know there's like a scientific definition of addiction, like where you're chemically addicted to a substance. But like the way that it's kind of put in my circles is like, hey, an addiction is anything that. Uh, one, you can't control doing, and then two, uh, because you do it so much, you know the the things that are important in life uh, suffer because of it, right? So, hypothetically, playing eight hours of video games per day might not be an addiction, right? If it's not if it's not encroaching on these other things like working, things that you need to do to survive, right? Uh, and that's kind of the that's what's the Reddit brain thing that you're talking about. It's like no, like an addiction is anything that gets in the way of you being a productive member of society. Um, and video games could fall under that, or they might not. Um, just as well as you know, any sort of thing that does that um, uh, uh, could could be classified as an addiction. Yeah. No. It's. I I like video games. I enjoy a day of vegging out and not being productive. But at the end of the day, you have to get your house in order. You have to, you know. I mean, even on the small scale, there, right? Even if you weren't thinking about paying bills and and sure. taking care of those. Even if you're just thinking about your the the state of your house, it's like if you played video games all like let's say you take a vacation for for a month and all you do is play video games and then make yourself food to eat, you still have to end up cleaning the house. You have to, you know, take care of any sort of if if the elements are, you know, causing your your house to have a leak, you have to take care of that. If you spill something, you have to clean that up. Like the the world decays and there are things that need to be done. And all the, the eight hours of work has is is sort of this we've, – we've come so far through material growth and efficiency as a culture and free trade and cooperation and, and specialization that we can condense all these kinds of things on the broad scale of needing to survive and needing to generate output to have enough to, to feed yourself, to keep yourself sheltered. We've, we've consolidated all that into eight hours. That's the amazing It's thing. amazing. It's yeah. amazing. So anyway – just, just funny little little thoughts there. Reddit brain. All right. Mm -hmm. Our next cringe post, we got mm -hmm. Matthew Dowd, and he tweets, let me make this perfectly clear. 
Putin is Emperor Palpatine, the Ukrainian people and all those who stand up for democracy around the world and here in America are Ray Skywalker, Jin Erso, and the Rebel Alliance. Pick your side. Good Lord, what? It's not, she's not a Skywalker, dude. Like, what's going on here? Didn't you see? She called herself that at the end of the movie. I know, and why didn't he just call it the resistance? Because we all know that's what they were trying to allude to, is that they're the resistance. <laughs> well, how, how triggering Don't... is it that, that his call is Emperor Palpatine versus the new movies? Ew. I know. Why wouldn't you at least say Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and, and Leia? Like, why wouldn't you at least well, go you that know, route? With them, somehow Palpatine returns, so technically they didn't win. You know, they, that's they right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, the dead live or something isn't that the first line in that in the scroll text? I don't. Yes, know. yes, yes, <laughs> or goofy. or something like that. Yeah. Well, I just like how they covered over the plot hole with that, with like explaining how the emperor survived. It was like somehow he returned and something with cloning. It's like okay, like the biggest baddest villain returns and. And he's been absent for the past two movies. <laughs> and like all you gotta do, yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's terrible. All that aside. This <laughs> yeah, this analogy's terrible. I, I just like what sucks is there there are like good fiction definitely lines up with like the real world in certain ways. Like if the patterns that are illustrated in fiction are true in the real world and it's great when they line up and you can kind of like make sense of the real world in that way and why i dislike this post so much and i think it's so cringy is one obviously this guy does not understand star wars right he, he makes you know ray skywalker is not part of the rebel alliance you know in that and then two it's like it's a lot more complicated than that right like for the for the people that are always talking about like ooh nuance and know all the details is like well you know, like, did you know that we uh, freaking funded, you know, Nazis to take over the government in 2014 there? Like, I, I don't think there's really good analogy to the Rebel Alliance, you know, in that, uh, you know, funding, you know, some Sith, you know, on Coruscant or whatever to take over a planet and then, you know, install a puppet government. Um, and it's just like, it's it's just this, this false dichotomy that you've got to, uh, you're either on the Rebel Alliance side or you're with the Empire. It's like, no, that's... In this situation, at least, that's not really how it works. It reminds me of so much of the propaganda from when you and I grew up with 9-11, and, and, but specifically like the invasion of Iraq, where you yeah. were either, you, if you didn't support the troops, again, put it on the troops, not the bureaucrats in D.C. making these decisions. You had to support the troops, which meant supporting the war, not questioning sending the troops into a terrible war zone. But if you're going to make this annoying literature fictional comparison which i just think is so lame like these people cannot fathom i i don't know they they, they can't hold the real world scenarios apart from fiction it's it's like they're always like this is just like harry potter and you're like oh my gosh you know stop it but but even but if you have to make a comparison it's more like you know russia is acting as the sith and the Ukrainians are the Trade Federation, where the Trade Federation's not great, but it was still wrong of Anakin to go in and slaughter all the Trade Federation people on Mustafar, right? So, you know, it's, it's like, yes, there's one of these is more wrong, but the other actor isn't like this shining beacon of perfect hope either. So if you want to make a Star Wars comparison, do your, do your research. But 
but don't make a Star Wars comparison, I think is my main point. Don't yes. do that. It's so cringy to me. I hate it. I hate it. It's like during the 2016 election when people were comparing Trump to Voldemort. It's like, stop it. You guys are literally children and you haven't outgrown your childhood fantasy books. Yes, I enjoyed reading Harry Potter. Yes, I love Star Wars. Stop trying to make the real world reduce down to these fictional stories. Like you said, what? good literature... Yeah parallels these things but you don't look to real world it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Geopolitical phenomena and say, how do I understand this in the lens of Harry Potter? That's, that's, stupid i don't know it's that's, that's it's, my thought it's anyway. it what's funny about it to me is like i i can't remember exactly what biden said or maybe it was fauci one of the one of them and i'm sure they both have said something akin to this but basically like hey like you know freedom has its limits when we need to be safe you know and secure and it's like and when people are like posting the meme of the emperor right like a safe and secure society and i'll return <laughs> power once it's all done you know that's pretty funny and people were being like, no, like that's just that's that's so hyperbole and so awful of you to say things like that, comparing them to, you know, this global galactic dictator. That's like, well, that's a little bit more of a better comparison, you know, than uh, than this Matthew Dowd guy. Well, well, I think I think the difference is when you use examples in fiction and literature to compare specifics, it makes it a lot better, right? Yes. So for instance, the him Yeah, there's no specifics direct- here. Right, right. When you take a direct quote from Fauci that, and people were memeing it to be like, I am the science. No one's saying Dr. Fauci <laughs> yeah. is literally Palpatine. They're, they're making that comparison like this is, this is kind of hyper, funny, hyperbole example. This person is saying, let me make this perfectly clear. Pick your side. They're making a definitive statement. They're not saying, look, in Star Wars, this complicated scenario came up and, I, you know, let's say, you know, Palpatine manipulated people uh, to this side. Don't be manipulated like that or something like that. You know, you can make specific comparisons and it's, I, I, I mean, it's like, fine, individual context, but this is a definitive statement on the entire geopolitical issue and it's, you're either on the good guy's side or the bad guy's side. That, that I guess, is what I, was what I consider yes. cringe. Because you're right. I think there, there is room to make individual comparisons that are, that are funny. Even if I didn't agree with them, I thought... Well, it's, it's the equivalent of, like, like let's say my, my wife and I get in an argument, right, about something. You know, how I folded a towel or something like that. Which, for those of you who are newlyweds, especially the dudes, make sure you fold it the right way. Because <laughs> there's actually a right way to fold a towel. And I didn't know that. And my life is forever better because of it. But let's say we're arguing about how we fold a towel. And I just say, well, I'm the side of Iron Man and Captain America. And you're the side <laughs> right. of Ultron. You want to be on the right side. It's like... That makes no sense. Like, there's no, there's no, that doesn't, there's no, there's nothing that lines up to it, right? Uh, That's it, exactly it, it. Or if I maybe made, I don't know what literary references would be to, but maybe it would be like, hey, like, you know, this literary reference about someone being very specific about something with folding towels, then yeah, that would be pretty funny, maybe. But it just, you can't just claim I'm Iron Man unless yeah. you're Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> um, and believe that you're on the good side, right? It just doesn't, yes. that's not an argument. Y- 
that's right. So if, you know, she's particular about the way she fold her towels, maybe you throw in a, okay, Monk, referencing the TV show Monk that was on for years, that, you know, who had Tony Shalhoub playing the detective who had 80, 80, or OCD to the oomph degree, right? Something like that where you're making yeah. kind of a funny comparison. It actually relates. You're making a point. Exactly. But you're not, you're not literally saying if you're, you know, if <laughs> you have the detective skills of Monk, you have keen sense of acute awareness of all kinds of things out of place you're not making that actual thing you're not declaring moral sides based on this you're just making an apt comparison this is making the comparison with no substance and making again that broader general if you agree with me you're right and good guys and if you're wrong you're bad this is the equivalent of the social conservative sharing the picture of Jesus and the devil saying, like this post and share <laughs> yes. if you love Jesus. Keep scrolling <laughs> if you love the devil. That's a <laughs> little more evolved than that. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Not as good as art, though, because you didn't have any art with it. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next one. We've got a post by uh, a tweet by Vox, and then we've got um, we got a reply to it. So the Vox uh, uh, tweet reads, the Supreme Court will hear a big new case about whether religion is a license to discriminate. And then this person replied, freedom of religion also means freedom, because they don't spell freedom correctly, from religion kids, separation of church and state buds. It's a thing. It's a thing. Man, I get so tired of, uh, I, you can't just change, you can't just change the words of it and expect it to mean something different. Like, that's so frustrating, right? When these people say like of and from, it's like that's not you're playing you're literally playing a semantic game. Like like are we going to read the constitution or are we not going to? Are we going to read the bill of rights or are we not going to? And if we're going to do it, then maybe we should actually understand all, not only just use the words that they use when we're talking about it, but maybe we should also read into the intent, right? And the context of all of it. And then if you want to have an argument about the merits of all that, then sure, let's do that. But uh at best, this is disingenuous. At worst, it's, uh, well, I guess that is, at worst, it's disingenuous as well. <laughs> it, it makes me think of on our last episode with Eric Brakey, if you haven't listened, it's a great one, you should. But when we were talking about constitutional carry, I mentioned how these people appeal to the Bill of Rights or the Constitution when it suits them as if they wouldn't just immediately flip the script if you had the ghost of Thomas Jefferson here to explain what it meant. They would just be, oh, well, he doesn't, you know, he's just an old white guy from the 1700s. Who cares what he thinks? The moment he comes in, because like you said, anytime you dig into the actual context, of course, freedom of religion did, does not mean that religions don't have the ability, you know, a religious person doesn't have the, the freedom to discriminate. And that's the other thing about this. <laughs> The Supreme Court will hear a big new case to determine whether religion is a license to discriminate. Spoiler alert, it is. Just in the same way that any kind of qualifier is a license to discriminate. People should have absolute freedom to make any kind of decision in their lives that they want to. That's what freedom of association is. Freedom of association means I don't have to be involved with a group of people if I don't want to. Regardless, I don't have to justify the reason. I can't, I, I don't have to say it's because specifically xyz because the leader of this group insulted my mother or because this group stands up for values i don't i don't have to explain myself I, that is you know a constitutionally guaranteed right and i would say uh, morally god given right furthermore than the constitution so so when you talk about you know freedom of religion well of course freedom of religion has to mean that because all religion is 
is your perspective of the world and and the values through which you see it your epistemology your worldview it's everything but it's it takes shape in your actions and that includes how you associate or disassociate with people how i do that of course it's going to be impacted by my religion because that's what my religion does it, it informs how i discriminate whether that means discriminating between sleeping with someone before we're married or not or discriminating against you know performing some service for someone else right all you know re- religion is just another word in a, for a secular worldview for a secularist a worldview so it's like saying you know the supreme court will hear a case uh, whether or not your life experiences and the way that you process them allows you to make decisions and to choose option A over option B, which is such a stupid thing. Mm. Well, of course you do that. And so this person coming in saying freedom of religion means freedom from religion. Well, that also has nothing to do with this case because freedom from going into a bake shop and they don't want to sell to you because you want to have a gay wedding or something like that and they don't want to give you a cake. That they're not forcing their religion on you. If anything, you would be forcing your religion on them to make them perform an act which their worldview deems unethical. Anyone who's making someone else compelled to do an action is imposing, not the other way around. Yeah, it. Um, I, 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 th- I think this was in the Libertarian Debates in 2016. And I think it was yes. Austin Peterson talking about the bake the cake thing. And it's like, okay, like, sure, maybe we can agree or disagree on whether like, like you, uh, you know, support, you know, gay marriage or whatever. But like, would you force a baker, a Jewish baker to to bake a cake with the swastika on it, you know, or any sort of Nazi paraphernalia all over it? It's like, obviously, no, right? Like, obviously, we wouldn't want to force someone to do that. But it's the same. It's the same vein of logic, right? The logic that says, hey, you must bake the cake for this type of wedding, or you must make, you know, these type of uh, invites for, you know, a a transgender coming out, you know, ceremony or whatever it is, like translates to that. And people forget, you know, they talk about like the 1960s and stuff. And it's like, you realize the, like, yes, discrimination existed both at at a private level and individual level and all that. But it was enforced at the state level, right? Like it was, it was enforced by law uh, that you had to discriminate towards people. And, you know, if you wouldn't have any of these problems, you've just let the free market take care of it, right? Like if you had a store in today's day and age that did not uh, serve black people and said, hey, you know, blacks are not allowed in here. How long do you think that business would be in existence? Do you think that they would uh, have a lot of people coming to it all the time? Like, no, they probably wouldn't be. Their name would be smeared all over the place. It wouldn't be good and um, or good for them, their business, right? And so even if that's the beauty of the free market is like the money talks and the values of people talk. And so the question you have to ask at the end of the day is, can the state make us better people? Can laws make us better people, more moral people? And I don't think anyone would ever think that, you know, the the the, the government that can barely deliver the mail on time uh, is going to be able to change hearts and minds. And so... If you if if the state can't do that, then it shouldn't have any place, you know, in trying trying to legislate things that are supposed to make us better people, because it's not going to make the world any better at all. Yep, exactly right. All right, moving on, uh, we've got um, a new station and a person that's going to remain anonymous. Um, so ABC Seven Chicago writes: Prisoners are fed rotten food at Joliet facility infested with rats and cockroaches. A lawsuit said, and then this person commented. We have law-abiding citizens in our country that live in these conditions every day, and nobody cares about them. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. I think it was um uh, Spike Spike Cohen was talking about like how uh like <laughs> like when like when when uh, when 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 the African American community brings up like hey like you know police brutality, right? And then like white folks say like no, like white folks also get get beaten and stuff. He's like, it's like, it's like two people that just got mugged arguing about who got beaten the worst, right? Like, which is kind of ridiculous, right? It's like, yeah, like the root problem is, uh, is not about, you know, whether they chose to, to cut your hand off or, you know, just break my nose. It's the fact that both of us were assaulted, right? And that's what this person's kind of doing. It's like, well, like we shouldn't care about the prisoners in there because, you know, there are people that are living in these. It's like, we should probably care about both and ask the questions about both. Just because you're highlighting one does not mean that you're indifferent to another. It's funny you mentioned Spike because he commented on this post, which is how I oh, found nice. it. <laughs> nice. and, I, and so I thought there would probably He's be consistent. a few good, Yes, yeah. I thought he would, I thought there'd be some good comments to highlight from this. And this makes me laugh because, uh, like you said, you you ignore the, the actual problem and, and it's sort of a whataboutism here. Well, yeah. what about the law-abiding citizens that live in these conditions? And you're like, yes, there are infinite number of causes that you should support <laughs> and ways that you can support improving lives. That does not change the fact that this prison upkeep is terrible and that there should be some standard change. I don't I don't and and then the other aspect that I thought was cringe is while I'm sure a great many people in this prison were violent offenders there are also a great deal of people who shouldn't be considered criminals but they are criminals because our law is so broad and unforgiving i i was i think spikes maybe it was on a different post but i think his comment said something along the lines of i hate to break it to you but you know um the average American breaks two to three laws every day. So, and maybe that was on another post. Yeah, but, so they're not but, law abiding. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So, so thinking yeah. about it in that way, how many how many people are in prison for smoking a joint or possession of or selling of drugs that are again harmed literally nobody, and they're in these now in these conditions. So this person's to this person's whataboutism, I would say, well, what about them? Not only are they innocent ethically speaking maybe not according to the law but in an ethical sense they are they did no harm to anyone else so they're already treated unjustly but now they have to deal with these conditions against their will what about them i almost said i almost said this person's name close one so so you think about what aboutisms you can do that infinite days and so appealing just to the sense of well these people are marked as clean by the law so we should care about them more is a very, very lacking way to think about ethics and conditions of things in general. Because just because it's a prison does not mean that everyone in that prison is guilty of actual crime, let alone people who are wrongly convicted under the law. Yeah, it's and this is obviously it's a very conservative um like kind of point. And it reminds me of one of our very first cringe posts that we did, which was the uh like you know, uh, like my taxes pay for this and this and this and this. And I've got, you know, who's my dependents? Well, it's all the illegal immigrants and all of the 400 and whatever people in Congress and their staff and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's like, okay, like, like you're, you're literally like, it's just a mass generalization with no specifics and none of the, like, I get it. Right. Like I don't like taxes either, 
but you're like you're playing into the hand of like oh you're just a stupid hick out in the woods you know that doesn't actually think about it's like no everyone we care about anyone that would be starving or being fed rotten food right i don't think you could i think someone walking down the street and seeing someone you know that that was in these conditions would the average person would feel moved right to try and help them and just because that they say, hey, like these people that have been forcibly incarcerated, maybe some of them should be, you know, thrown in jail because they're violent or whatever. Like regardless, like the way we treat people um, needs to be like, it just needs to be done in the proper way, right? Like we need to have some ounce of humanity and and to grant humanity to one section of people is not to deny it to another, right? And yeah. that's, that's, and that's kind of a, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That's kind of the classic like leftist argument against conservatives, but it is really true in this instance. Like it's like, hey, I almost said her name too. Uh, but it's like, hey, ma'am, like just because we care about them does not mean we don't care about the law-abiding citizens that starve. So, well, you know, take a exactly. chill pill. In the in the same way that someone might say, we treat our returning vets terribly. They suffer from mental trauma and they end up disproportionately impoverished. We should create a fund or some kind of system to help them. I would say, yes, absolutely. Let's go. That does not mean I don't care about people who are homeless and in terrible situations who aren't vets, right? Yep. You can you can find segments, you can find individual cases to support and to, and to try to improve the circumstances of. And especially the more local you get, the more you can specialize and, and have a close approach that is more informed and better serving i totally agree all right moving on to our next one um we've got a lady and i confirmed with donnie before before we 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 did the show because this just seems so ridiculous i i couldn't believe it was real but he confirmed it was real so this gal tweets i just got spanked someone i don't know sent me a dm saying i showed poor taste posting about my wedding anniversary anniversary denigrating those who are divorced I truly did not mean to show a lack of sensitivity. I'm sorry if I offended anyone. It's like, it's like, what is the quote? Misery loves company. Right? And like, it's like, man, like, could you imagine, like, you know, I had a family member who, who recently recovered from a really severe illness and we posted like, hey, like this person's better now. Like, could you imagine feeling like one, the person that messaged her, feeling like I should be able to message someone and say, hey, you know, you posting about your family member getting, you know, better from this chronic and critical illness. Uh, it actually was very insensitive because, my, you know, I know someone that died from it. It's like, dude, like, <laughs> like that just because someone is happy or had something good to them does not mean that they can't like, 
that that like makes your misery worse, right? Like that's a choice on your end. And I just can't believe that this lady like stooped to that, right? Like one of the questions I asked is like, is she still married? Like to be ashamed, to be ashamed of being married to someone because that's what this post is, is usually not a good sign. So I, I just, again, because I agree, it seems so out there. I just went and revisited this profile. It is in fact legitimate. It is not a troll account. It's existed since October of 2010. Scrolling through the posts, they're not all political. It's not all satire. If if, if this was a satire account, it would be the best psyop possible and imaginable because it's doing the job very well. Let me let me read you the bio. You ready for this? I'm not sure you're ready for this level of Oh of boy. Cringe. Progressive, ex-Catholic, wife, mother, grandmother, red wine lover, she slash her, fully vaccinated. Please no DMs without asking dude, first. Dude, she's got to take that wife and all that stuff out of there. It, it denigrates those that don't have a wife. And she's got to take the vaccinated thing out of there. You know, people like myself who are not vaccinated, you know, it, she's denigrating me. <laughs> so so I I saw this and I, I thought there is no way this is not a troll account. Sure enough, it, it, it was a real account. But this is the problem with our culture <sighs> being so obsessed with the idea of being offended as if that is the end of the conversation. I think I've made this point on the show before, but people talk and they bring the, the argument, well, that's offensive. And yes, and, right? You, you, that's not an argument. That's, that's a statement. That's, you, mm. you need to tell me what specifically, right? Yes. There are a lot of offensive things every day there. I'm offended by a lot of the choices of people I love and I like, and then I confront them on it, or I, if it's to the point where it's so offensive, I disassociate. That does not mean that I get to impede on their previous decisions or that their decisions should directly be impacted by me. Now, if it's someone I'm close to, maybe it should, but some random person on the internet telling you that you celebrating is offensive to me and to people who are divorced that should not impact you in this way. And the fact that she acquiesced is, is just terrible. Well, yeah. Sorry, go for it. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's, that was that. Well, then I thought, go ahead. I'll, I'll well, it's very it. much like the, um, it's like that principle of equity, right? And, and it's been taken so far to the point of, of that, like, any discrepancy that people see is, is a sign of something that's wrong, right? And, it's, and it feeds into people who, like to make a value judgment is to declare something is better than something else, right? And for someone to celebrate that they have another wedding anniversary is to is to not only celebrate that hey we've made it this far, it's also to celebrate that hey we haven't gotten divorced because getting divorced is bad. And that's yep. at at its core, that's what this person did when they said you know because that's what it is to celebrate something. It's it's to celebrate this happened. It's also to celebrate that something else did not happen and that other thing that could have happened is worse. Um, and that is not tolerated, right? You can't like in, in the leftist ideology, like that is to do, make a value judgment um, about lifestyles. And, you know, unfortunately, that's not how the world works, right? Like the world, we do prize certain things above other things. And there are things that are better than other things. And just because you say there is no truth and that it's my truth or your truth or whatever, or it's all relative, doesn't negate the fact that instinctually we know, right? And so someone that was divorced felt bad when they saw this because... Yeah, someone, it, it was possible 
for you to not get divorced potentially, right? I'm not saying that's the case in all in all situations, but like that's what declaring something like this is, is will make someone that has been divorced realize that like, oh yeah, like someone did make it, right? And for whatever reason, I didn't make it. And instead of them introspectively looking into themselves and saying, well, why didn't I make it? And how can I improve from here? They decide to attack the person that is celebrating and is making it. And it's not just with, I mean, we'll get to an Elon Musk post here in a little bit, but it's not just with like marriage. It's not just with, um, you know, people that have a happy family. It's also people that work and make money or make good decisions economically, right? And we see that level of envy uh, and then the level of misery that's trying to bring everyone down to its own level while not also improving itself just everywhere. Yeah, what, what you were talking about with the value statements of, you know, we, we rank things because there has to be good and bad. Like, there, there has to be two realities. Either the reality is that there are things that are good and there are things that are bad. That is the reality, meaning something like a long-lasting marriage, something you've created that has been unimpeded with divorce or death, That that is a good thing because you've created this beautiful thing and you've avoided outcomes that are bad, such as heartbreak of separation or heartbreak of, of a, an early passing. So you have to make the value statement that one of those is better than the other in order to celebrate something as good. You can't celebrate a wedding anniversary if nothing is good and nothing is bad. And that's the second reality where everything is subjective. And if you feel like celebrating this because you feel that it's good, that's based in nothing. It means nothing. And so furthermore, if someone is offended by that, that also means nothing. So their <laughs> offense yeah. should be meaningless to you. What they said is meaningless and nothing matters. If you go in this Nietzschean direction of apathy and cynicism. So all that being said, I, I, I think it's not a stretch to say that most people, even if they say they ascribe to the second, it's your truth or my truth, they actually fall into the first camp. And what they say is their truth is what they prescribe as universal truth. Now, they may not say that, but for instance, the value statement that everyone has to live their own truth is an absolute truth that they will ascribe to everyone. So it's not good enough that everyone has their own truth in your own truth world. You have to make sure that everyone knows and everyone abides by the fact that their truth is their own truth. So uh, my truth and objectively universal truth is that I am absolutely phenomenally happily, happy to be married to my wife and everyone else on the planet is extremely unlucky to not have been able to be married to her <laughs> as I am. Sorry, guys. I lucked out you didn't, but I'm sure you, you can try. Yes, yes. It is a good thing to be married. And uh, happily married men all think that same way. And happily married men brag about being married. So um, yes. sorry, you know, person that was sad about that. Yes, it is good to be married. And I'm glad I'm still married. All right, moving on to our next one. Uh, we've got two folks. We've got John Harwood and Katie Fang. And John Harwood posts an a, a article from The Hill. And Rubio on COVID test for attending Biden's State of the Union. Quote, this is what happens after 20 years of infusing Marxist thought process into every aspect of our lives, unquote. And then Katie Fang uh, replied, Marco Rubio needs to reimburse taxpayers as he clearly is getting paid and not doing his job. You know, we, we almost filed this under the, uh, the accidentally based because, you know, I think you should probably do this for almost basically every senator and, and <laughs> congressperson out there. You know, I, I'm not happy with the job that they're doing. So you can take back their $174,000 a year salary and their, I think, what is it, is like $1.8 million uh, staffing and, and uh, fees and all that stuff that they can use to, to get staff for their, you know, for their offices and stuff. 
it's you you had some really good points on it, so I'll, I'll let you dive into it more but um you know katie good job almost almost <laughs> a good job <laughs> well i was gonna say you can extrapolate her her point to uh if if he's not doing his job which is i guess to attend the state of the union <laughs> we should first think about is that what we want to pay senators for attending a speech and then the, the retort might be well no 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 the point is that he's representing us right he's representing us and so if he's not representing me then maybe i should be able to get a refund because or at least from my my senators in washington state because if i'm not being represented then they're not doing their job because they're not representing me oh wait if they're not representing or if they were representing me they would probably intrinsically not be representing someone else who's diametrically opposed an opinion to me, meaning they literally can't do their job, meaning, ergo, we should all get a refund for every senator. Thank you very <laughs> much, Katie. I appreciate it. Okay. Yes. But to say, so so I think it's very annoying when, have you ever been in a social situation where you're maybe in a debate, either either about something political or just in general, and you're you're arguing some point with someone. It can be friendly or not, whatever. And you're making these points. This person you're talking to is coming back at you, and someone else in the group comes up to your aid and is like, "Yeah, Donnie's right or Britt's right." And then they proceed to give the absolute worst reasoning possible that makes you like, "No, no, shut up, shut up, shut up." That's Marco Rubio on this COVID test scenario, right? So the the, the scenario here is that he's not attending the State of the Union because you need a COVID test. And I agree that the COVID testing thing is kind of annoying, pretty ridiculous. The, the metrics that they use, the double standards, because you know you, you do have to wear masks here. You don't have to wear masks there. You're all crowded in a room together, yada, yada. I don't like the, I don't like the, the testing regiment that's, that's come on for, I think it's a little bit beside the point. That being said, his excuse is, this is what happens after 20 years of infusing Marxist thought process into every aspect of our lives. Harkening back to your earlier point, now you're just sounding like the conservative, you know, hick in the woods who doesn't know anything, the, the, the stereotype, the caricature, and it's saying, oh, it's because of communists, you know? And it makes me so frustrated <laughs> <No>. because... <laughs> yeah. The infrastructure was put in by you, dude, <laughs> for <laughs> exactly. all this stuff. Exactly. And so it's really frustrating because you don't want to be labeled and, and slandered as having these bad arguments against the stuff. And then Rubio just gives them the fodder for it. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cringe. And then the response, of course, was very cringe. The idea that Marco Rubio skipping the State of the Union, that's that's the, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of them not, not doing, doing their job. his job. It yeah. doesn't. Yeah. If as, he cannot show up for for voting on the coronavirus bill or anything like that, and that he's still doing his job then. But if he doesn't show up to the state of the union, you know, which is basically worthless and should be done away with, uh, he's not doing his job. Well, you know, not to mention not only skipping votes on the coronavirus, but actively voting in ways that impede your ultimate responsibility, your job description to uphold the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, which is in you know voting to send people overseas or to even even votes to keep the draft in place i think is a great example where that's not something that impacts our daily lives but that's still not doing your job which is to uphold the constitution and uh up, uphold the bill of rights i think the draft is a direct violation of that anyway so it's not even just a matter of skipping i'd say any vote that directly violates the constitution again not not saying that's the perfect moral document but per the job description 
uh, that's your job title. So any vote that contradicts that is uh, is not doing your job, not not attending the State of the Union. <laughs> I think that um, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Thomas Massey were on the Tim Pool show a couple weeks back. And they were talking about how voting is actually done, like actually done in in the you know the in in all the different uh, for legislative bodies and and basically they were saying like yeah like we have to force a vote because what will happen if we don't force a vote is everyone will just say yeah or nah and then it will just get passed um, and so they would take turns you know on the floor when these bills are being read actually like forcing everyone to come in and take a vote and they were talking about like yeah like sometimes like. Until it was, you know, it was just Thomas and uh, and Marjorie, like they got a third guy, I can't remember his name, but basically like they would wait till they both had to go to the bathroom and then they would try and ram through as many bills as possible while they were at the bathroom, you know, because they couldn't, you know, call for a vote to be had. That's like, yeah, dude, your, your Congress people do not do their jobs, right? Like you're paying them to go vote and represent you. Whether or not they represent you, you know, maybe you didn't vote for them, or whatever, but at the very minimum, they should actually show up, right? To actually do their job and they don't even do that uh the last thing you know this made me just think of like kind of like how conservatives like uh rubio and 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 cruz and uh you know some of these other guys like they are literally like i don't know like the 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 congressperson equivalent of like internet explorer you know it's like like those guys like it's like this was a talking point like nine months ago dude like and now you're now just saying it like they're, they're always so slow to actually take any, like he's trying to make a point, but it's a point with the wrong, like with the wrong argument, right? Like it's, it's like, okay, dude, like we were talking about Marxist stuff nine months ago. Uh, you know, you know, your foreign policy needs to go back to the 1980s, you know, or whatever to steal Obama's line. It's just like, yeah, they're just internet explorer. And the reason why is because they're so spineless, right? They don't want to say anything that's controversial that could actually make them lose uh, the, the goodwill of the New York Times and all these other folks. They want to just say, you know, what, what, what is well accepted and, and deemed uh, okay. I, I don't agree. know if you have any more on that one. Cool. Nope, I think we're good. All right. Um, do you know how to say this guy's name? The first guy? This, uh, I don't, actually. I've only read it. So okay. it's, he's, the, he's the vice... Uh, the vice prime minister of Ukraine. Okay, so the vice prime minister of Ukraine, you, a lot of you have probably seen this on Twitter. His name is, I think it's Mikhailio uh, Fedorov, and I'm sorry if I got it wrong, which I probably did. Uh, but he tweeted at Elon Musk, while you try to colonize Mars, Russia tried to occupy Ukraine. While your rockets successfully land from space, Russian rockets attack Ukrainian civil people. We ask you to provide Ukraine with Starlink stations and to address sane Russians to stand. And then Elon uh, replied, it looks like a couple hours later, Starlink service is now active in Ukraine, more terminals en route. That's pretty badass and pretty cool. And then Emily Shuley uh, replies, maybe for effing once, you could think about actually helping people without having to splash your name and branding all over it, or otherwise make it all about yourself and how you profit in some way. We saw the Nazi tweets, Elon, the internet doesn't forget. And this just reminds me, there was this guy I followed, you know, I, 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 this could have only been made better if Emily had the Ukrainian flag in her, her Twitter <laughs> handle. And I can't remember this guy's name. And it, it, I saw Austin Peterson. It's uh, Instagram Joey N tunes. And he posted this video of, of him commenting on all of these different videos of like celebrities painting the, the Ukrainian flag on their face. Or, you know, the lady that did the uh, Putin, if I was your mother, you would have been so loved video. <laughs> you know, all these people, it's like, it's like, dude, Elon Musk literally moved 
tons and tons of metal that is technically wired together and electronics and solar panels in space around the world and maneuvered over Ukraine to give them internet. If that's not actually doing something to help people, I don't know what is, you know, but well, <laughs> I definitely know that painting a Ukrainian flag on your face and saying that is not actually doing anything, though. And it's like, do you want him to take their pre-existing tech, like SpaceX, and then make sure to, like, take the extra time to scrub off the logos? What What do you want? You're, you're upset that his name and branding's on it? Yeah, because he's not going to custom make things to delay the shipment. It's in space yeah, already, a, Emily. You can't yeah, bring right. it back down. <laughs> right. Well, and it's like you send these terminals over to Ukraine. Do you want them to open the shipping containment that's already ready to be shipped out? You know, because they have warehouses where they ship their, their supplies to customers. Or the, okay, wait, wait, wait. Actually, open that box up. Yep. And then uh, paint over the SpaceX. Make sure it's not visible. Delay it by a few hours. Those are lives, Elon. I can't believe you painted over that and wasted valuable lives that the SpaceX terminals could have saved. So stupid. Just unbelievably stupid. This is a great case of danged if you do, danged if you don't. If he didn't respond to this, this person would have called out Elon for not listening to the plea. You have so many resources, Elon Musk. How come you can't help the Ukrainian people in their time of need? Because you're so selfish and you don't want to have the cost. No. So what does he do? In you know, Within 48 hours, they'd shipped the ground terminals that you need to access Starlink over to Ukraine. Now, they haven't said how much, but they've, they've shipped over a bunch. And the vice prime minister later thanked Elon for it. But, but when he does this, it's, oh, of course you did it with your name on it, with your branding on it. Yeah, because that's what's ready, you dummy. I, I, if, if Elon Musk had a terminal uh, full or terminals that were completely plain, painted black and he shipped them over with no branding, of course he would have done that too. But the other thing, the other thing about it is even if, even if he wouldn't have done it without the branding on it, that's fine. You getting something out of it is fine. You're helping people. Bottom line. Yeah, it, you can use it as a publicity move. But that's why any major company does donations. Yes, I'm not suddenly moved to think that, I don't know, uh, Meta or Facebook suddenly really cares about uh, impoverished people in Africa necessarily. But they do it because it's good PR. And I would rather there be a world where Meta is donating thousands and millions of dollars to good causes for the good PR than one where they don't because because they can't put their name on it. That That's a better outcome. When real, you know. Everyone wins. Actual, right. The way that you actually help people. If So what if it comes with branding? That's a net positive for society and the world. This person is just looking for an excuse to hate Elon Musk. Yeah, people seem to really like to do that. Like I, we did the tweet where, um, like the UN Health Secretary or whatever, uh, basically was like, oh, like you know, we could solve world hunger with six billion dollars, and Elon replied like, okay, show me, like a line item, gap, accounting document that says where you're going to spend this money, and I will give you six billion dollars, and they never produced it, <laughs> you know, or maybe they have, I haven't checked since then, but regardless, I saw, I think it was just a week ago, Elon actually donated six billion dollars to charity, like a variety of different charities, it's like, it's like, okay, Emily, like, you probably have to work maybe, you know, 5,000 lifetimes to, to amass at least a billion dollars worth of value to, uh, to give to charity, so you're going to say I something? 
oh, can I point out that the six billion he donated, he didn't make a big public stink about. He he, he, he offered to pay the six billion to the UN to produce that document. They never did, as far as I'm aware. And then he did donate six billion anyway, but he didn't tweet about it. He didn't. Well, they weren't able to produce it, but I donated six billion anyway. So Emily, I suppose that you should be apologizing for not for for calling him out for for that. I don't know. Yeah, I. Um, I you you say what you want about Elon, right? Like, there's a lot of like accusations of like he's he's one way on Twitter and then he's another way on like any sort of Chinese social media network or whatever. But it's like, regardless, you know, hundreds of tons of metal was moved through space to give internet to the Ukrainian citizens, and six billion dollars, which is more money than basically any of us will ever make, let alone give away, uh, was given away to private charity by Elon Musk, and uh, that is a net positive, right? As long as he doesn't nuke the world, which, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that have given a lot less that are threatening to do that um, or ca- creating situations that, that, you know, could cause that are doing. Um, I think he's probably, the sum of his life will probably be a net positive. I, I completely agree. And I think there's, there's, two, there's two sides on this sort of, you either are not doing enough and you're doing basically nothing, or on the, you are actually doing something and that's the only thing that matters side. So... You know, Elon does something tangibly, right? He does what he can do. And then you have articles like coming out of places like The Atlantic that were saying things like, Elon Musk sent Starlink over, but it's unclear how actually helpful it is. Now what? Or something like that. Some disparaging title. And I I read this article and the, the gist was these people were saying, well... You know, in the Starlink beta test, people were saying that even a single tree could disrupt the signal. Um, they haven't said how many actual ground-based units that you need to set up have been been sent, and how many there, how many are active, and and where they'll be spaced out. It's not like you can just flip a switch, and internet suddenly becomes available for the whole country. You have to set these things up, and it's not reliable. Yada yada yada. And there's all these disparaging things, and 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 to me, it was like, yes, so what, and what. Elon Musk was asked to provide the service as best he can. There is no other competition in the world that can do what he's doing in this amount of time, even if it's not perfect, even if the signal can be disrupted by the Russians and the Chinese, even if the the ground geography makes it harder to use, even if the, the signal is spotty and slow, he's still providing the best that humanity has to offer in this short of time. Mm. So you denigrating that does nothing to help. You're literally just disparaging for the sake of a clicky article headline and to dunk on Elon Musk for no reason. It's like if, you know, your house was on fire, let's say, and you you texted me, dude, please bring a bucket of water. And I bring a mug of water and I'm able to save like your copy of the Anarchist Handbook by Michael Malice. You know, I wasn't able to put out the whole room, but you're like, dude, you idiot. How come you didn't bring uh, you know, a fire hose to put this out? And it's like, all I had, literally all I had was a mug. But, you know, no one in the world had anything else. The only thing that existed in this world is a mug. And that's what I did. And I ran over and I threw it on there. And you get mad at me for not having a fire hose, you know? That's, that's the, the equivalency here. The only people who are ungrateful for this are the white, you know, commentators sitting back. Non-Ukrainians. I don't mean white as in, <laughs> I don't mean white as in, like, their race specifically. But the non-Ukrainians sitting back on their heels doing nothing and being like, oh, Elon provided a service that was imperfect. Hmm. He put his brand on it too. Hmm. That, that's, that's so stupid. This, I bet this, Emily poured out her bottle of vodka, right? And yeah. she thought she was doing something. Yeah, 
Right. She probably didn't even pour it out. She probably just kind of put it away in a shelf. Like, I'm not going to display this, you know. And, like, did you so, see that video of the guys put it, gently putting the bottles of Russian vodka no. away? Because they're no. like, oh, we're taking it off. And it's like, you're not even pouring it out. You're just like putting it in these boxes to clearly take out <laughs> once it's all over. It's like, ooh, big <laughs> sacrifice, dude. So... <laughs> If you haven't seen uh, Ryan Long, he's a comedian. He's he's kind of a liberty guy, too. He put out a really funny video uh, making fun of sort of this, all these companies doing things that are, you know, defying Russians. One of the one of the things is Putin's black belt got taken away by the, oh. the, the association or whatever. <laughs> I saw so that. he he jokes on that and he he you know he says you know as you know they've just taken away his black belt, which is really great because as we know p- most of Putin's power comes from his black belt, and now his bodyguards like Steven Seagal will not associate with him because they would never <laughs> associate with someone who does not have a black belt. It was really funny, but but the other the other side of it is I don't necessarily disparage these actors or actresses doing these really goofy things that don't help. Like I, I think they're silly. I think they're stupid. I think they're unhelpful, but also I'm not expecting these people. Well, if they have wealth, they could actually donate. They could do something more responsible, but the average person saying like tweeting, you know, my thoughts and prayers are with Ukraine. I've seen people responding to those tweets. Like your thoughts and prayers do nothing. And I'm like, what do you want? My, my favorite smash bros melee player competitively tweeted something about that. And this guy responded with this, um, this tweet like that does nothing it's just virtue signaling and I'm like what do you expect this yeah. competitive melee player to do go over to Russia and like first to five battlefield you know no items fox match him to, to for the fate of Ukraine like what, what do you want this <laughs> that guy would be to dope do? yeah, unless yeah, people would die <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true but you know it's it's an absurdity so so there's 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 a ridiculousness on both sides of this on the I'm just gonna be super you know, uh, I'm going to insult anything that's being done, but there's also the people who are, I'm going to insult when nothing is being done, but from someone who really can't do anything. I think there's, there's absurdity on, on both sides of this with people getting stuck in the hyperbole of actually do something when people are literally providing (laughs) Starlink base units. And also uh, your thoughts and prayers mean nothing to someone who's realistically not going to be able to control the situation. Yeah. And I think that like, I think the reason people get so frustrated at celebrities, you know, like that lady doing the if I was your mother thing or um, Gal Gadot doing the, you know, uh, the Imagine deal um, it is it's because we have known for so long that these people occupy a place of power um, and influence and yet they will lie to us, right? When it's most important or they will they will shirk away from the truth when it's most important. And so it's like, okay, maybe maybe this, I don't actually know much about this whole thing, you know, going down. I know the history, a little bit of history about Ukraine and Russia and kind of some of the geopolitical stuff, but like no one, I'm not on the ground there, so I don't know actually what's going on. So I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to hope and pray for the best for those folks that are down there. So it's like, but when people, when these folks that will not, are so certain about lying, you know, when it, when it comes time and then are also doing this, I think that's why people dislike them so much. Right. And it's, it's because it's like, well, when you did have the opportunity to do something good, you didn't do it. And now you're trying to do it again. And yeah, maybe, maybe this is a good cause to support or whatever, or do whatever you're doing, but you know, we've seen what makes you cheer. So like your booze mean nothing to me and, and your, your support means nothing to me and I'm not going to trust it. And I think that's kind of the whole the the whole tragedy. I mean, of the boy cried wolf, right? Like it's like, yeah, you you do that too many times, and eventually something real does happen, and it, you no one can actually tell if you're telling the truth or not. 
yeah agreed cool all right folks thanks for hanging out with us tonight um or i guess today depending on when you listen to it we're recording tonight um, if you are, uh, uh, have any feedback for us or, or anything you'd like to say or, or anything that we said that was cringe um, and you have any feedback on it, we'd love to hear it. Um, at CringePostPod on Instagram and Twitter and CringePost.com. Um, yeah, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.